Welcome to The Leverage Point, a podcast about your development and performance at work. Improvement doesn't have to be hard or boring. This podcast is a pragmatist guide to growth, achievement and success. Discover your leverage point. My name is Sergei Gorbatov. My co-host Angela Lane and I are researchers and practitioners in the fields of talent, human performance and behavior. Together with you, we'll translate science into leverage points. Today, we're going to talk about the external barriers to your development and growth. May I begin by stating the obvious. Every one of us wants to develop, to be better, to be more. It's in our psychology. To experience a sense of self-worth, as humans, we're hardwired towards progress. This is why, for example, getting feedback on how you're advancing towards a specific goal can be so motivational. Getting towards a better self is a basic need that all of us share. But often development doesn't happen. Why? In the previous episode, Angela laid out some of the inner reasons of why we don't develop. Having a goal and a plan are two important factors for intentional growth. Then you need to practice the right behaviors to build new habits or change the old ones. Angela also explained how getting feedback on progress and staying the course are both critical and often missing. That's the inner work that you need to do. But there are also external factors that impact your development. Those factors can help or hinder your progress. Context can be either tail or headwinds. Let me give you a few examples. One of my MBA students in Spain, let's call her Elena, is a smart, hardworking, ambitious professional. She puts in more hours in her work than any of her colleagues, has innovative ideas and knows how to implement them. But there is an issue. She works in a traditional company with a very traditional boss. His management philosophy is loyalty over competence. Since Elena was the last to join the company, she gets the lowest performance evaluation because tenure in that company is more important than results. Elena gets no feedback from her boss or peers even when she asks for it. Her innovative ideas are hard to implement because of unwieldy processes and practices that nobody except for her wants to change because of the strong cultural push towards maintaining the status quo. Last time I talked to Elena, she was visibly frustrated and her only reason to stay with the company was her desire to remain in Spain and she needed that job to stay in the country with a tough COVID-hit labor market. Another example is a Dutch banking professional. Let's call him Jacob. He's very good at what he's doing and he has more intellectual horsepower than his current role requires. He's also passionate about doing good for society. He agreed with his supervisor that he would enroll in a part-time PhD program to research the topic of meaningful work. His organization is very supportive. After all, it's a great development opportunity for the employee. They allow him to conduct research in the company, thus enabling direct transfer of new knowledge and ideas into the workplace. Jacob is growing fast professionally in an environment that welcomes industriousness and fresh approaches, and his job allows him to combine work and studies. It goes without saying that he is highly motivated and engaged in both. A win-win for all. What can we learn from Elena's and Jacob's examples? First, and I have mentioned this already, context matters. Our performance is highly contextual. Depending on the environment where you find yourself, your performance levels will vary. And you develop fastest through doing, through producing results, through trial and error. It's impossible to learn how to manage a complex project 
only by reading books or attending classes. Second, if performance is contextual, there are conducive and restrictive environments that either propel or slow down your development. Let's examine the key differentiating factors. To perform and grow, it's critical to align yourself to your job, to the people you work with, and to the culture that surrounds you. First, your job. Danone used to run a commercial with a tagline that yogurts are not created equal. Same goes for jobs. Jobs are not created equal. Beyond the obvious, each job presents various degrees of developmental heat. This concept, developmental heat, was coined many years ago at the Center for Creative Leadership. Basically, it's the developmental power of a job. Imagine job one. There are prescribed routines, there is close supervision, the chances of making a grave mistake are small because there is a system in place to ensure quality control. Now imagine job two. Its parameters are loosely defined because it has just been created. Its objective is to roll out a new process to a cluster of countries, so travel and understanding cultural differences are required. Finally, this project is very important for the company, so many eyes are watching what you're doing. Job 1 has practically no developmental heat. Job 2 is a nice campfire. It can provide rich learning. And there are jobs like forest fires, for example, managing a turnaround with no guidance and high risk of failure. What's your leverage point? Align yourself with a job that will provide you with the right amount of developmental heat. Not everyone needs a forest fire. Many would be better off with a candle flame. Just a little bit of new and unfamiliar just a micro skill to master. But if your ambitions run high, go for the jobs that will give you most amount of first-time experiences. The more you get, the more developmental it will be. Second factor, people around you. The most critical is perhaps your direct manager. It's great when she or he supports and accelerates your development. But what if it doesn't happen? And how do you know? Well, ask yourself, do I have a high-quality development plan? Does my manager support me to try and fail? Does my manager encourage me to develop new skills? Does my manager make me aware of my strengths and developmental areas by providing fair, focused and credible feedback? And what about others in the organization? Do you get peer feedback? Research shows that when you don't get feedback from your boss, your colleagues are a valuable source of performance information. Are you surrounded by people who are more competent than you so that you can learn. In psychology, we call this the spillover effect. When you have high performers in your team, the standards rise and overall team performance improves. What about your case? As the saying goes, if you are the smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. What's your leverage point? Get yourself into a winning environment. Do an assessment of those around you. Are they pushing you to do more and be better every day? Are you continuously learning from them? And are they fun to be around? Depending on the outcomes, make a plan. You may want to find a new team. Or you may need to stay where you are. For instance, the job is great. But then the plan will be to proactively surround yourself with those who support your development. It may be even people outside your organization. Why not get yourself a mentor from another company who is a recognized industry expert? What do you lose from asking? The worst outcome is hearing and no. Finally, let's talk about the third factor that either helps or hampers your development. It's the culture around you. You may not see it, but it's powerful. It's how things are done around here. And culture changes very, very slowly. Or never.
Remember Elena from my previous example? She found herself in a culture that's utterly not conducive to growth and development. It was more like a dysfunctional family than a high-performing organization. People would take long coffee breaks and lunches. Standards were easy to achieve and there were no consequences for not achieving them. It's not my job was the most frequent response that Elena was hearing from her colleagues. When you put a Ferrari on the streets of Moscow or Mexico City in a rush hour, you won't get the full potential from the car. The environment impedes demonstrating its power. Elena felt the same in the culture she found herself in. Everything there only slowed her down. What's the leverage point? Get out. If achievement and growth are important to you, find a place where they're appreciated. Look for company cultures that promote personal development. When you go for an interview, ask the hiring manager about developmental opportunities. Ask to talk to a few future teammates and ask them about the amount and quality of feedback they're getting. Or ask about the processes to support professional growth and career. Interviews are there not only to evaluate you you are evaluating the potential employer as well. And what if, like in Elena's case, you cannot leave the job? Well, first, it won't be forever. Make a plan for the move. In the meantime, make your own development plan and make the most out of your current situation. Elena invested in an MBA. She paid for it herself, but at least she negotiated with the manager that she could combine work and school and use some work time for studying, especially during the exam periods. Second, there are always pockets in the organization where things happen faster. Get closer to those and make yourself visible to leaders there. Third, try to modify your job. What can you do differently that would provide the necessary development? And finally, there are many developmental opportunities outside the organization. Do you need to strengthen your people management skills? Join a non-for-profit when you could lead a team of volunteers? Do you need to strengthen your strategic skills? Join the board of a local school that would benefit from your expertise. Do you need to learn project management? Plan your sibling's wedding. Well, there you will also learn stress management big time. In summary, development is inner work, but it also depends on the context. There are three contextual factors that you need to align to in order to get the best development possible. First, align to your job. Find opportunities that will provide you with the right amount of stretch. Second, align to people around you. Get yourself into a winning team and keep expanding your developmental network. Finally, third, align to culture. Find thriving environments, companies where feedback is the language of performance, organizations where collective ambition is tempered with support for personal growth. When those three factors are aligned with your vision of career success and your desires for development, magic happens. Now, how do you unleash that magic? Find your leverage point. That's it for today. Thanks for listening in. Remember that small changes can lead to big impacts if you find the leverage point. So keep asking yourself, what's mine? To continue this conversation, share this episode on social media like LinkedIn or Facebook with a comment or a question to the wider community. And give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Till the next one. See you soon.